0: your Daily Dose of Donna. Happy Monday, Monday, January 15th. It is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I hope you all are having a nice, relaxing Monday. A lot of people are not in work mode today. A lot of people are taking the day. Um, We are here. And by we, I mean me. I'm here. Daily Dose is in session. A lot of you guys are showing up here. So welcome everyone to the party. My, uh, I'm looking forward to today's show. I'm looking forward to today's show because I feel like I've woken up with a new sense of optimism and excitement for the future, for the future of this show, for the future of life. I feel good. I feel happy. I feel um, ready to go. So I hope that it kind of leads into where you're feeling. What was your weekend like, guys? Did you have a nice weekend? I um, spent a lot of time this weekend, like, I guess just being a mom. Like, that's mom life, right? You're, I was driving my kids from place to place. There was birthday parties. There was like some cooking. There was some dinners. There was a lot of watching TV shopping like that kind of stuff. It was a very I'm in I'm in a nesting era. I am not pregnant, everyone. Everyone's thinking I'm pregnant. How many messages I've gotten saying, "Oh my gosh, you're doing dry January and you're not going out a lot. What's going on? Are you pregnant?" No, I am not, y'all. I am not pregnant. And I think it's just, you know, like that January kind of like get cozy, you know, focus on family, focus on your home, your happy place. I got really, really obsessive over, do you guys ever do this? I have a little bit of an obsessive personality and I get really obsessive over wanting to change something or do something. So I saw an ad of like a dog crate that doubles as a table, a side table or a coffee table. And I'm convinced that I need it. I'm convinced that I need one of those crates because my dog drives me insane. He's very, very needy and like on top of us when we were just hanging out and watching TV. So I'm like, oh, maybe I need to do that. So then I start going down the pathway of like going on OfferUp or going on Craigslist or going on Facebook Marketplace. I start looking, looking. Then I'm like, oh, I've got to organize my closet and like look at all this space and I could get shoe boxes like Crystal or not crystal, like clear acrylic shoe boxes. And I can shove all our shoes up there. And then maybe I can, maybe I need to get rid of some Tupperware. I have so much Tupperware. I open up the Tupperware drawer, like it comes flying out or my water bottle drawer, right? I have so many of these, like, these, like Stanley dupes or any of these travel cups. Guys, I'm in a season of minimalization. So I guess I shouldn't be buying a crate, but have ever tried to crate train an older dog, you let me know. My dog's about four. It's a pandemic puppy. How many of us made that mistake? How many of us made that mistake of buying a dog or adopting a dog during the pandemic because we were feeling a little bit bored and lonely and wanted something fun Ah, BC and AC. That's how I look at it. A BC and AC situation. But you guys, support for today's episode. Before we get into it, I need to tell you about the amazing company that is supporting Daily Dose of Donna this week. And that is One Skin. So if you're like me, you tend to set really big goals for the coming year. I do. I always do. But sometimes the simplest changes are the most impactful and take one skin's two step approach to healthier skin, for example. So, this is really cool, you guys. One skin has sent me a couple of their products and I've been using them. And there's a little of my hair. Okay. So what they've sent me are two of their products. One of them is called OSO1 for the face. It's a topical supplement. It's in a a moisturizer. And the other one is called OSO1 for your eyes. So I have a face cream and an eye cream. Now, here's the thing about this. There is a scientifically proven peptide called os one That's what these are, right? OSO1. OS1 that target lines and wrinkles right where they start, which is your cells. So it's not just another skincare routine. It's a real science breakthrough. In fact, OS1 is the first of its kind to actually turn back the clock instead of just making the signs of aging with their masking the signs of aging with their full line of face, eye, body scent, and travel size products. One skin doesn't only promise healthier skin, they prove it. And I am all in. You guys, I have a 15% off code. So what's really cool about that is the products are obviously really, really well. Um, they're like a really good quality. Now I feel like Bethany, I'm giving a little Bethany right now, which is like, oh yes, yes. Mm. mm -hmm. Ooh, it feels rich. It feels so creamy. You know how Bethany does that? Like, yes. And then she starts eating it. I'm not going to do that, but it's like, it's a fragrance free, wonderful cream. You guys, it really does work so well. I've been using it every single day, morning and night. And it's just really easy. All you have to do is just clean your skin and then put on some cream. And then you can put on sunscreen over it or you can do whatever you want after. But this is just like your base. And I really, really enjoy it. So if I were you, I would check it out because it focuses on the cellular aspects of aging. One Skin Keeps Your Skin Looking and Acting Younger for Longer. Get started today with 15% off using code DONNA. That's D-A-N-A at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code Donna. And after you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show, Daily Dose of Donna, and tell them we sent you. New Year, healthier skin. That's Oneskin. Thanks, guys. All righty. All righty. Let's move on to today's stories. Number one, I will tell you, I will not spoil traders. And I don't want any of you to spoil Traders in the comments. Traders is a show that, um, well, I've watched two episodes of season two. We need to watch the third, but I can't watch it without my kids and my husband. So I feel like unless the four of us are together, we can't watch it, which is tough when there's like, you know, busy schedules. Both of them were at birthday parties last night. So we've got to watch the episode three tonight and that's the plan. And I think they've only released three. Tell me in the comments if that's true, but it's so freaking good. You guys, without any spoilers, I'm just going to tell you the premise of the show for a lot of you that don't watch Traders are confused by it. I personally love a competition reality show, especially if I really like the characters. That's really important to me. But I liked season one of Traders and that wasn't even all reality stars. That was half reality and half... Um, normies, right? Just normal uh, reality show contestants. In fact, my friend Mora is a um, casting producer for reality TV, and she just won an Emmy for Trader season one. So it was really, really good. A lot of you guys think the UK and the Australia ones are really good too. So I'm going to have to try to watch them maybe. So essentially what it is, is all these reality stars in season two have joined and moved into this beautiful castle in Scotland. We're talking reality stars from Big Brother. Janelle and Dan are like the two big ones. We have survivor reality stars that I don't know. I've learned through the show, but Sandra and Parvati. Um, We have MJ from Shaws of Sunset. We've got tons of Bravo reality stars because we have Sheree. We have um, Tamra. Tamra! We have Larsa and her boyfriend slash... um, you know, side piece, like constantly touching and constantly together. Marcus. We have um Phaedra. She's married to Med now, but she's a real housewife in my mind. Um, and I'm trying to think what other Bravo girls do we have? Well, we have a lot of real world challenge people. We have Trishelle, we have Johnny Bananas and CT. CT's really gone for the carbs lately, don't you think? Don't you think? Um And then there's more. There's, oh, there's some Bachelor people. Can't remember who else I'm missing, but it's a great cast. It is a really good cast. And I'm going to, what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to watch, make sure that we're up to date. And then I'll give it a day and then we're going to discuss. But it sucks when you get spoiled on these shows because it, the show is so all about spoilers. And I mean, all about like eliminations and stuff. So I don't I don't want to spoil it for you guys. But I'm just going to tell you, I'm watching it. I want you to watch it. Another thing I spent my weekend watching or Friday night watching is a, like eight episodes of Schitt's Creek. So you guys got me in. You sucked me in. You told me to do it and I did. And I am so excited to start watching it. I'm really excited to um, continue on and see the whole thing. And I feel like it's going to be the thing that I needed to kind of like pull me out of my funk, right? It's my happy place. Um, So that is that. Last night was the Critics Choice Awards. And I didn't watch it. Number one, I'm shocked that it was on the CW only because I can't believe the CW is still a thing. You know, I was talking about the CW yesterday, because I used to work a lot for the CW when I was in casting. And in 2009, I had a Lance was working on a show called Fly Girls. And the reason why I brought it up yesterday is because when I was doing my recap of Real Housewives, of Beverly Hills season one with Zach Peter, that's on Patreon or um, Apple subscription if you're over listening, I watched this season where they go to New York for Camille to, to support Kelsey and watch Kelsey's play, Kelsey Grammar. And they take Virgin America. And I was like, whoa, I have not thought of Virgin America in forever. So we did a little deep dive. Now, Virgin America is no longer an airline. That was Richard Branson's airline. But when Lance was in 2009, Lance got hired as a camera guy on a show called Fly Girls. And it was for the CW. So um, it was a show. Did any of you guys watch it? It was basically below deck, but in a plane. Genius idea it wasn't so much about the passengers because it's just one flight here and there is about the flight attendants and kind of what they were doing afterwards and where they were going after you know the um the flights like and their layovers like parting in vegas so i remember when he was in vegas shooting the show i f- i flew to vegas and met him for a couple nights and we had a fun time over there just like hanging out when he wasn't working um but that was that was a cw throwback and to the f- think that the critics choice were on cw like what what is on CW? CW will for always be known to me as like Supernatural, Golden, Girl, I mean Girl, Golden Girls, Gilmore Girls. Um, what else was CW? Like a lot of uh, just like teenage angsty shows, like Pretty Little Liars type shows. But I don't even think that was CW. I feel like that was Freeform. ABC Family. Interesting superhero shows, lots of superhero. Oh, Dawson's Creek, duh! Dawson's Creek was like the original CW, and Hidden Palms. When I did that show, which was like a six-episode show with Amber Heard, I was a casting assistant or associate on that. One Tree Hill, Gossip Girl. Okay, you guys remember? So it was like the era of the early two thousands. I feel like that's when CW was like amazing. Um. So last night was the Critics' Choice Awards. I did not watch it, but I did see clips. Chelsea Handler. Do I love Chelsea Handler? Now, she has driven me crazy in the past, so this is not always like a full-time love, but I truly love, love Chelsea Handler. I love her for so many reasons. A, she doesn't give a shit what people think. B, she's so honest and open from what I've seen on all of her reality shows and like her specials. If you watch, there was a documentary where it was like Chelsea does drugs and like Chelsea talks about sex and like Chelsea talks about whatever. And it's, I think it's like a four part HBO series, maybe Netflix. I don't even know. It was from a few years ago and she does ayahuasca in one of the episodes. Like it was a whole thing. It's so, so good. I love Chelsea Handler for her books. If you listen to her last book that she, I mean, I've listened to all her books, but the last book she wrote um, was a lot about, you know, dealing with the trauma of her brother dying when she was a kid and like what that meant for her. Um, I thought it was a beautifully written book. I love her Instagram. I love her funny, like reels and her relationship with her, you know, housekeepers and the, the dogs. I loved when she and Joe Coy were together. That was my like favorite era of Chelsea. Cause I just thought they were so damn cute and so fun and so adorable when they would post all this stuff together, they broke up and I'm still not sure why. Does anyone know, is there any sort of like deep dive on why Chelsea Handler and Joe Coy bro- broke up? I thought this was a relationship that would go the distance, and I didn't. Um, all I know is that Chelsea definitely slept good last night because she killed it at the Critics' Choice Awards um, as a host, whereas Joe Coy literally got killed as the host of the Golden Globes, the... Week before it was so bad, and the Golden Globes is so much of a bigger show than the Critics' Choice in terms of like audience. I would imagine. I don't think that, um, I don't think Critics' Choice is like one of those things that people go out of their way to watch. I think it's a very like industry heavy show in terms of people that are in the industry. A couple things that happened in the show that, um, that I thought were uh interesting are. Well, actually, I will say this. Joe really bombed on his jokes about Barbie and about women. I felt like it was so, um, like, 10 years ago or even longer ago. Um, I felt like it was, like, talking about how Barbie's based on, a, like, a plastic doll with big boobs. Like, it was just bad jokes. It was really low, low, like, bar. And it felt really... um. I don't know. It just felt lazy. Whereas Chelsea was like, this is the year of the women. She's talking about how Margot Robbie looks like the best ever on in her high heels, how Barbie was the most grossing film ever by a female director, and that's Greta Grumberg. Greta I hope I'm saying that right. And then she made a joke that even though she brought in such a high rated or like high um, income box office movie, Hollywood executives are still wondering if they should give her a second chance, which is so funny. They were talking about how Oprah, um, you know, of course, Color Purple, like it was just a very, very strong women centric episode or uh, hosting platform. I just, Greta Gerwig, thank you. I was like, what am I saying wrong? Grumberg, isn't that like... um whatever. Um anyway, thank you. So I just thought it was really really funny the parts I did see. I also totally agreed with the uh winners. Like the Golden Globes I didn't fully agree with a lot of the things that a lot of the ones that won, but I don't know about you guys. I feel like this seems very on track. Now, I have not seen Oppenheimer. So I don't know if it deserves all the best, you know, picture, but everyone that I know watched it loved it. So I think that, um, you know, Oppenheimer probably deserves it, but listen to some of the winners. I thought it was a great list. Best picture Oppenheimer. Best actor was Paul Giamatti for the holdovers. He also won at the Golden Globes and best actress was Emma Stone for poor things who also won. Now you guys, I talked about this and I got a lot of DMS that poor things is a great movie. So do I need to watch poor things? Here it's like really wild and out there. Robert Downey Jr. also won again for Oppenheimer. Um, Divine Joe Randolph won for The Holdovers. I feel like those are all the exact same that won over at the Golden Globes. Um, Best Acting Ensemble was Oppenheimer. Christopher Nolan for best director for Oppenheimer. Best comedy was Barbie. And I'm Just Ken for Barbie won for best song, which I loved. And if you watch any of the clips, you'll see that the second it won, they panned over to Ryan Gosling, who was in the audience, and his face is so amazing. He makes a face like, huh? Like, he's just sitting there kind of like stunned, like a little furrowed brow. It's really, really funny. Um, succession one for best TV drama, which of course it deserves. And Karen Culkin is killing it right now. And so is Sarah Snook. Both did such a good job on that show. Um, a couple other like big things. Oh, the bear won best comedy. Now here's the thing. I like the bear and we're watching the bear. We're in the middle of season two. I really like it. I just do not understand how in the world it's considered a comedy. Yes, there are funny moments, but that show does not speak comedy to me at all. Not sure about that. Beef won for best limited series. I loved Beef did you guys watch it? It's dark. It's out there. It is so out there, but Ali Wong killed it. And so did she, she also won for best actress in that. And so did Stephen Yoon. I think it's Yoon or Yun. I'm not sure. He won. Jeremy Allen White won. Io Edeberry won. Who was that? Who's the main actress in the bear? So like the bear took it home. Succession took it home and beef took it home for TV side. Anyway, it was really good. Um, I don't know. I'm really, uh, I really like this this crowd of winners, but I do want to see poor things. I feel like that's something I got to see and I want to kind of get that out of the way. So then like, I like having some skin in the game when I'm watching the Oscars, you know? Um, but I guess the Oscars is not TV, but we will have the Emmys. And the Emmys I want to say is on tonight. I'm pretty sure the Emmys are on tonight. I could be wrong, could be wrong. So that is that. Let's move on. Let's, let's keep it going. Did you guys hear that Real Housewives of Atlanta, which I do not watch anymore. Are you Atlanta fans? I don't watch Real Housewives of Atlanta because it lost me that's just the truth. It lost me. There's only so much time in the day. Now I brought back Potomac because that lost me too a few seasons ago. I brought back Potomac because you guys said it was amazing, but not one of you, nary one of you have told me to bring back Atlanta. So I am not watching Atlanta. If I need to, you let me know. But everyone that I talked to said that Atlanta is not good. And apparently Bravo agrees because Candy Burris, was set, was uh, stating in an interview somehow that it's been four months since the show has wrapped and no one has been asked back. So my guess is they retool the show. They give it a New York spin. And I wonder how you guys feel about that. But I'm okay with it completely because I don't watch it. So maybe we need to get some fresh Atlanta blood in there so that we can get back into it. And then of course I will give it a chance again, because I always give it a chance. I always do. Um, let's get into last night's TV. Yeah. I don't think anything else is like that exciting out there. So let's start with Potomac. I just created a TikTok this morning and I think this is really important. Um, This is important news. I think that Bravo has entered an era, a different era in 2024. And you guys tell me if I am wrong. Bravo has entered its emotional heavy era in 2024. Why? Has there been a lot of light, fun, not heavy viewing on Bravo this season or this year? The only one show that feels more light and like fun would be Winter House, which was pretty much unwatchable. It was so bad, right? Like so hard to care about any of these people. Let's go through the shows and I'll give you an example. So Southern Charm, this is a show that for the most part, has been pretty kind of light and fun. But this season, of course, we had, you know, the, the cheating thing, which is on every single show, there's a cheating scandal. So that's not so crazy. But we had Olivia's brother pass away, which is a very heavy topic. And then we know that Taylor's brother has since passed away, which I'm sure will be covered at some point. Obviously, we've talked about Austin and his sister passing away when she was younger. And so the idea of like sibling loss is a very big conversation on that show and it's heavy. And then of course we have Shep who just talked about his problems with drinking and he's not outright saying I'm an alcoholic, although a lot of us maybe feel like he is, but this is his like sober curious journey, even though he's not really saying that even because he's still drinking beer. Um, but just awareness around this and a conversation around this, and Craig saying, like, the only way this is going is off the cliff. It's it is very heavy. I felt like it was a very, very heavy, vulnerable topic for a show like Southern Charm. Um, just a quick note: a lot of you guys are saying girls' trip was light and fluffy. Totally agree, but girls' trip is a peacock show. I'm tapping bravo. I know that it's kind of the same. But let's separate it for this, for for my argument. But girls' trip, you're right. It was totally light and fluffy, and I loved every second of it. We need that light and fluffy in our lives. Then let's go over to Beverly Hills. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills has turned into a show that is very, um, I would say, I would say it's covered a lot of heavy topics in the past, like Taylor and her husband Russell, who. Um, you know, took his own life years and years ago. But I don't even think they were on the show during that time. But, you know, then we dealt with like Kim and, you know, calling her an alcoholic. So we have had heavy stories on the show. But this season feels so different. It feels really like a an experience of going through really growing pains of Kyle, right? I feel like this, the show, Beverly Hills, is really centered around the changes in Kyle Richards. And she has a lot going on in her life that I think a lot of people can relate to. Um, growing apart from your spouse or you know, deciding you're not really into what you used to be into, deciding to cut out certain things, people, substances, whatever, maybe bringing in exercise as a way to cope with whatever. But most importantly, this last episode was so heavy talking about her foundation, NAMI, which is the foundation that basically supports people, loved ones of those who take their own lives. And Sutton also had a very heavy kind of like B storyline talking about her dad. So all of a sudden, we're all crying watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which is not a common experience, right? We're dealing with robbery. We're dealing with PTSD. We're dealing with race relations. We're dealing with – um you know, parenting issues. We're dealing with mental health and we're dealing with divorce. Like it is a lot for a show like Real Housewives, right? Which used to just be kind of like a fun light show. That was the goal of all these shows. Then we have OC, right? And OC, we haven't seen the show yet, but I'm sure this is going to be covered next season is like the plight of Shannon. That whole drunk driving incident was so intense and so scary and so like holy moly this is like real deal bad right and it was not just like a stupid drunk fight or a silly trace amigas like moment it was we're talking a like a real problem where you are actually potentially putting someone's life in danger and driving drunk is no joke so obviously Um, obviously this is very, very intense and very scary to think about, you know, that whole storyline. And then of course her relationship with John and like picking toxic men and all of that. Of course, let's go over to Salt Lake City. Has there ever been a darker situation than Salt Lake City? Obviously we have Jen Shaw who's in prison, but now we have Monica, who's like a liar, completely a troll, obviously so messed up. And like, literally lives off of kind of screwing people over. But then the story between her and her toxic-ass mom, right? Like that part was so dark this season. And just seeing the videos and the recordings that just kind of got leaked afterwards, just seeing her her talking to her mom about like, this is our goal. I mean, this is a movie, right? This is our goal. Get on the show and get in every scene you can. This is a job. It's like breaking fourth wall, meta, meta shit. It's bad, right? So Salt Lake City feels dark. And then of course, Miami, which of course, as we know, this show is all about the drama and it's always about the drama, but the Gertie of it. And while it's a beautiful story to see how she's pulling herself through this horrible journey of you know, breast cancer, it's tragic. It's so devastating to see how she has to talk to her sons and her husband and her parents through this. And we're like, dealing with stupid Alexia fights while she's literally about to go into a second surgery. So all of a sudden I'm crying every show on Bravo and I'm not watching below deck this season. So I don't know if it's that show and I'm not watching married to med. So you guys can tell me, but pretty much every other show that I'm watching on Bravo right now is heavy. It's emotional. and I find it really interesting because Potomac jumped right onto that as well last night. Now, I'm not saying don't do this. I actually like that there's depth to these shows. I'm actually enjoying the fact that it's more than just drunk fighting or like he said, she said bullshit. So in last night's episode of Potomac, we're coming off of the trip in Austin, like the worst trip ever, right? And essentially, a lot of the storyline is just about people talking about the trip, right? Right. We have a scene between Mia and Gordon, who's her husband at the time, who they're no longer together. We know that. But Mia and Gordon and Robin and Juan doing some sort of cooking lesson. This was a scene. It's just like torturous to watch Robin and Juan. I don't know about you guys, but I'm finding myself really struggling to have any sympathy or empathy towards either of their journeys because they're living in a land of delusion. Like, you could say it's not really anyone's business what's happening behind closed doors between Robin and Juan, but then like, let's get reality sh- cameras off of them and like get them just to be private people. Because if you want to be a public person, if you want to be a, a star of Real Housewives, Real Housewives of, you know, Potomac, you may want to start opening up. And I think what someone said about this, like, if you don't want to talk about your relationship. Or if you don't want to, if if what Juan is doing is not bothering you, then at least just say that. Listen, you guys, you may not approve of what Juan is doing, but this is who I am and this is who he is and I'm accepting him for what he is. So leave me the F alone. And once you kind of can get on top of it and take, not accountability, but just like, show a little bit more awareness over, like, I see what's going on here. The second you can do that is the second that, like, no one has anything to say to you, right? No one has anything to say to you anymore. But instead, they're just literally going through, like, a scripted discussion of how will we cover up for all of these things. And Mia sees right through that, right? So the two of them are talking about, like, the stories and, like, what's going on. And it's, like, Mia's, like, okay. So clearly they they practice together. Um And in this scene, we also find out that Robin has now like taken over a franchise for a a skincare company. I don't even know. I don't really care, is the truth. We see a really cute scene with Giselle and her daughters, which comes up later. Um, And it's about self-defense, which really ties in. I don't know which was shot first, but really ties into um, the event that they end up going to towards the end of the episode for Karen called Pave. I'm pretty sure it's called Pave. And, um, that is for survivors of, of sexual assault of SA. So, um, so Giselle and her daughter have a really cute little kind of self-defense class. And then of course she calls Jason, her boyfriend, Ah, listen, boring, but cute. Like, okay, cool. It just feels like filler, right? We have Ashley, um, Oh no, we didn't really see a lot of Ashley which was totally fine. We have Wendy and her mom finally talking about the whole NECA shrine thing. And in the scene, I don't know about you guys, but I don't trust Wendy's mom as far as I can throw this woman. The second she asks her about her shrine, she's like, "Huh? What would you say about a shrine, huh?" And like conspicuously takes a big sip of water or like her wine with a straw. It was weird. I do not find um her mom to be believable in any way. Like she full on has a shrine for NECA and a voodoo doll, in my opinion. Uh, They end up having a conversation about it. And Wendy's mom completely denies this. I'm um, look. I, I was I was talking to um, Brooke Ashley last week. You guys loved her. I loved her too, and we basically decided together that like we're kicking Neca off the island, right? We're kicking Neca, Robin, and Giselle, and Ashley. Get those four off our island because we need we need this fresh blood over on Potomac. I'm loving. I love Candace. I don't know why. I'm just a, I love her. I really like Wendy. I like Karen. And I think that's all I like. I'm like, who am I missing? Just a lot of the characters on that show are just, they 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 bring me down. Even Mia had a great episode last week or last night because we actually got to see a little bit of her, um, like a vulnerable real side, which I thought was really important because we don't see a lot of that from Mia, in my opinion. Um, at the end of the episode, they go to this event. Karen Huger is a big um, part of this PAVE organization and like I said, what it's out there for and it's a very important organization. And all of the women showed up, which Karen said, no matter what's going on, no matter what kind of drama we have, no matter what is out there, we will always they're they're gonna be here and support me. And I thought that was actually nice. I thought it was nice and sweet and cute. Um and like supportive, right? Because it's a very important thing. Now Mia had set us up for the fact that she was going to have a hard time in this episode because she was talking to Gordon while she was getting her hair done. And she basically said, I don't know if I can, um, you know, I don't know if I can like get through this. This is going to be a hard one for me. Now I personally have not heard her talk about this before last night. So I don't know if you guys actually, um, have watched, Or has she she brought this up before? But essentially what was so sad was Mia brings up in an interview. um, I think Ashley brings up in an interview. Robin brings up in an interview. Like so many of them talk openly about being victims of what was an essay incident that they didn't know that they were really part of until later. And that's really, really, really sad. And I wonder how many of us women blocked out or like ignored the realities because it's just easier to pretend that's not the case. But what Mia does is she's watching, um, one of the women who is a survivor sing a song and it's an emotional moment for her and she gets up and she walks towards kind of like, I guess the bathroom. And she basically opens up about the fact that this is all so hard for her because it's bringing up all these kind of thoughts and feelings. And that's why she had such an issue with her best friend a few episodes ago when they were fighting so much. She had so many issues with her because she left her there. She didn't leave her there to make sure that like in a way that she knew Mia was in danger, but she left earlier in the night trusting that Mia was in safe hands. And that's when things went awry. So it's weird that Mia is kind of holding on to some secret or like deep, deep deep-seated resentment that she felt like abandoned by her best friend when she felt like she needed her the most, even though it wasn't intentional. I wonder how many of us have these deep-seated feelings towards someone in our family, a friend out there, something that we haven't like really uncovered yet. I think it's a really, really heavy, heavy topic. Um, And I hope I didn't, you know, upset any of you guys talking about it, but it was a big part of the show. So it was definitely not like your fun-loving type of show. That's for sure. And that's what made me think like Bravo is really like, these shows are heavy. Like I am missing Girls Trip Legacy vibes. That's what I want right now, which is why I'm watching Shit's Creek, right? Okay. Um, but luckily I do have some good news, some good ways to end this episode because last night, y'all, we saw the Vows Exchange. We saw Christine Brown become Christine Woolley. And when I tell you, Watching this wedding special on Sister Wives was possibly as equivalent to watching um a really maybe like bad 90s movie mixed in with seeing your mom make out with someone. And I will tell you something really fast. I was willing to overlook some of the most cringy experiences I've ever seen on any show in terms of kissing. And we'll get there for the greater good of just making sure that Christine and Janelle and anyone that has left the brown compound, maybe not Mary, are happier than Dumbledee and Dumbledum. Is that what they call it? <laughs> like thing one and thing two over there, Cody and Robin. Uh, just as long as you're happier without them and you're like off to greener pastures, I'm happy for you. But holy moly, can I tell you, I felt like I was watching soft porn. I felt like I was watching soft porn. So the episode starts exactly where it left off last week. We've got Christine sitting and taking stuff in. She's sitting on the floor of the the room where she's getting dressed. She's got her hair and makeup done, but she's just taking a moment. She's taking a moment, either that or she had some sort of like weak knees, maybe low blood sugar. We haven't really fully figured it out, but she says she's taking a moment. Lots of heavy breathing on last night's episode for Christine either it was, she was mic'd up too close. I I noticed a lot of sounds coming out from Christine, especially later at the wedding party at the reception. I'll tell you in just a moment. So of course she's sitting there and then she gets up and they bring the dress out. Now I'm trying so hard to be nothing but sunshine and rainbows, but I do have to say that when you watch sister wives, you do have to watch it with a, with a, with Robin's eyebrows, right? You have to watch it some sort of a, you know, a, a, an opinion of, of confusion, of maybe a distrust, of maybe something like there, it may be sadness. Like you can't watch Sister Wives ever with just a happy face, like a happy go. Like. You always have to give it a little bit of what's going on over here. Now, I know this. Christine is surrounded by a million women who love her and support her. And that part I love. The fact that she has such a good relationship with her kids and even Janelle's kids is so beautiful and David's kids too. So I am very, very pro all of that. But I will have to say, and I do have to say that when they opened that wedding dress and then she put it on, I was bummed. I was disappointed. Now her wedding dress looked a lot like my wedding dress. So it was a beautiful dress. But the fit of the dress was so off, and I thought to myself, something happened here. Either Christine has lost weight, or she tried it on originally with, like, some sort of a different kind of undergarment, or her boobs were held up by some sort of a bra upon first sitting. You guys, I say this with love. This is a televised wedding of your dreams why did we not have a little more shape in Christine's bodice? And what I mean by that is like it was loose and it was hanging off her. So I wish she had a little bit more like va-va-voom. I wish they would have found a, a dress that would have pushed her boobs up a little bit more rather than just flat and pulled in around the waist and gave her more of like that kind of you know, hourglass figure, which I think she would have looked fantastic. Now, other than that, she looked very good, right? Her hair was nice. Her makeup was nice. I think she looked really natural and very pretty. But I really wish that dress was tailored a little bit differently. So I don't know what happened there, but it needed, I, I have a feeling her body changed tremendously in the last weeks before the wedding, because I think a lot of times that happens, right? Women get a little anxious, they get nervous, they get stressed, they, go, they worry they're not going to fit. And then they stop eating for a couple weeks before they don't eat as much, whatever. They're just moving around all the time. Who knows? So she gets married. I mean, she gets into the dress and she looks beautiful. And then the, the ceremony starts. What I liked about this was it wasn't a four hour wedding ceremony. You know, we've all seen the golden bachelor weddings. We've all seen the, even the sister wives episodes. Like, do you remember when sister wives episodes used to be two hours long, two hours of porch sitting, talking about nothing. So I did enjoy it. It was like a, let's go, let's go, let's go. I didn't have any um, commercials on mine. Did you guys have commercials on yours on YouTube TV? I watched on, on, you know, my DVR. There was not one commercial to be had, Thought it was pretty nice that they did that. So we do see them, you know, slowly walking down the aisle. David, he's red. He looks warm, but he looks happy. And you guys, a lot of you don't like David. A lot of you think he sounds weird in his confessionals when he's talking. A lot of you guys think he sounds a little awkward. I think he's fantastic. I love him. I love David and I really, really loved hearing more about their story and meeting a little more of his family and just getting his vibe. I thought they were wonderful and adorable. So he walks down the aisle. He stands there. He waits for her. All of the women start and all of the babies. I mean, there was 470, a whole school, a whole school of kids walked through that wedding. I don't know if they, you know, asked Utah's weddings to let out. It was like a a national holiday. This is the, the Christine David wedding special, but... 400 kids started walking down that aisle. Very cute, all ages, right? Now we have Peyton walking his mama down the aisle, which was so sweet. And yes, you can all say bad things about all these things, but I will say one thing. When Peyton said to Christine, he's a good guy, right before they started walking down the aisle, they were walking towards the back of the aisle, and Peyton said, He's a good guy. And Christine goes, huh? And she gets concerned because she hears him talk to her. And she has a moment where she gets a little bit nervous, like, what? And he says, he's a good guy. And Christine just like is so happy. And guys, as a mother, to know that your kids approve of your life and of your choices, I thought it was so sweet. What a nice thing for Peyton to leave her with right there. I thought it was so cute. So of course, Peyton walks her over to her dad, who is very sweet, very sweet man. And I find out yesterday from Janelle that he is a high, I mean, we've known this, but he's very, very like, not just pro polygamy, but like only polygamy. He's like a really strong believer in that faith, but he was still supporting of his daughter, even though she wanted a monogamous marriage. And it reminded me of all of us parents who have kids that maybe want to be a little bit different than what we expected them to be, whether it's their sexual orientation, the way they dress Truly and her hair, her purple hair, which I have to say, you guys, I have to say, and I say this honestly, seeing Christine accept and allow Truly to wear what she wore to the wedding, which was some sort of black jumper pantsuit, and to have her hair half purple, and half blonde. I'm just going to say this really honestly. This is no judgment. I wish I was that cool as Christine because I think I, and I'm learning because I have got, you know, certain things about my kids that are out of the box. I am learning to be more accepting, but knowing that I'm on a TLC televised wedding. This is a wedding day. This is not a picture that you're going to go back. You're never going to look back at again. This, these are pictures that will be up, framed, and on the mantle and on the hallway walls for the rest of our lives, supposedly, if this all goes well. My question is, how did she allow Truly to wear and do exactly like she wanted to do? Why? Because Christine is a kick-ass mom. And I will stand by this until the day I die. Christine wants her kids to be exactly who they are. Do you guys not find that beautiful? I found that really inspiring. It made me question a lot about myself. Like, why do we try so hard to conform our kids into what we want them to be? And like I said, I'm getting a lot better. But a lot of times it's hard, right? You, you're so concerned about what other people think. And what other people would say? And Christine's like, "F you! I've got the man of my, I've got, I've got my, my hunk and burnin' love piece here. I got the guy that I want to eat, literally in every respect. I've got the bald guy of my dreams. Like Christine licks David's head when they're alone at night. I'm convinced, like an ice cream cone. She loves his bald hair. That bald head of hers, of his, she just rubs it like a crystal ball. She's so into it." Truly gives him a hug and it's a really big deal for Christine because it just like is a, such a show of public support, which I thought was really beautiful. They have a, a wedding now at this point. I kind of tune out. I always tune out during vows not when you're at the wedding, but like I was doing other things. I wasn't paying it so much attention. Like it was there, you know, it was cute. um, We found out that David is such a good guy that not only does he do so many amazing things for his own family, he also built a wheelchair accessible ramp for his neighbor when his neighbor was injured right after his wife died. Like, so he was like going through his own tragedy and he went and did that. I would like Cody to one day decide to put on his work gloves and grab his U-Haul truck and put on his visor and his mirrored sunglasses and go help someone in need that isn't helping you. I don't think it happens. I don't think Cody has ever lifted a finger for anyone other than someone that would, you know, sleep with him later that night. Cody is a self-serving man. He's into one thing and one thing only. And that is basically just to, you know, Get his packs rubbed on, get his hair curled. You know what I mean? It's always tip for tap for Cody. So the wedding continues. They have a beautiful wedding and then the kiss. And when I tell you, I had to see this kiss twice or three times because they kept airing it. Um, Christine, put your kids away, guys. Christine was getting very turned on by this moment. Christine was in an erotica moment during this kiss. The way that she took him. And she, like her mouth did things that I've never seen. I mean, she treated him like they treat some of their, you know, their spaghetti dinners in that brown family. It was a she kiss. Now, David also took it to another level because David decided, hey, if she's going to kiss me like this, I'm lifting my leg. So when I tell you I've yet to ever see this happen where a woman kisses a man like that and a man lifts his leg up like a, I'll do it for you guys here on video. Woo. I mean, I can't even do it. David was so flexible. Woo. It was, it was hot and heavy. And it made me think what's going on at night. Now I'll tell you who else is wondering what's going on at night. And that's McKelty because McKelty, is the most like nosy, obsessive, like guys. McKelty is, there's some stuff going on. There's something in the closet there. I don't know what it is. I haven't yet put my finger on it. It's either that she has some sort of like a, she probably has like Mama Wendy's um, shrine for someone. McKelty is trippy. Am I, am I, am I off? There's something going on there. So anyway, they made out. He lifted his leg. Then they went and took 475,000 pictures. Also, wasn't really fully paying attention to this part. The whole time they're taking pictures, Christine just wants to make out. And I just kept thinking to myself, aren't you hot? Do you have enough water? Because I know your mouth is dry. Like af- when you're getting married, you're so nervous. You're so like anxious. There's so many people. It's hot. You're talking to everyone. Your mouth is dry. I'm just going to go. <sighs> I don't think in that moment you have the best breath. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I wonder. Did you guys? Do you guys think this way, or is that just my sick mind? Are you thinking like Christina, David? Like, take a take a second. Like, take a second. Go get some water. Like she is in his face. Like oh, I just want to make out with you. It was a lot. It, it, it was a little bit, actually, you know what it was? It was an F you to Cody the entire time. It really was. It was an F you to Cody because I think she basically was saying, Cody's going to watch this and I want him to know that I am getting, I'm going to pound town tonight. Hard. It's going to be one of those kind of uh, weeks in the woolly household. Like we're going woolly mammoth style. I'm his unicorn. He's my woolly mammoth. And we are going. All right, I'm glad you guys are agreeing with me for the most part. (laughs) And I hope I'm not grossing you out. We go on to the tented reception because would there ever be a sister wives wedding that wasn't under a tent? And it was, listen, by all means, a very sweet wedding. I didn't see a lot of details about the food and the drinks. I don't know if there was a bartender. I imagine there was. I think that those that family likes to party now that they do. We saw Christine chugging a beer on the on the boat. Like, I think these two party. They party their faces off, right? And then they make out and she licks his head like an ice cream cone. And so they're sitting around and Christine, she's tired. You can just tell she's sitting at that sweetheart table and she's tired. She's like, oh, okay. Oh, cameras. Oh, and I want to make out with you, David. You're the love of my life. There's some speeches that are going on. We had a really weird speech between... Oh my gosh, what's her name again? Madison? It's Madison, right? And Mckelty. Was it Madison that had that speech? The really pretty one that married the the guy from the other reality show? She starts talking about how she's like the favorite daughter. and she starts throwing Mckelty under the under the bus. And it turns into quite a quite a there's a sibling rivalry going on over there that we have not yet figure it out. And we need to, we need to get to the bottom of what's really happening between these sisters. How much do they really hate each other? Do they love each other or do they hate each other? Cause in my opinion, I thought we saw some, some crazy shit in that speech. She basically, Oh, it's not Madison. So it's, yeah, it's not Maddie. It's the other one that made the speech really pretty. You'll have to help me with it. Aspen. It was Aspen. Who's? I love her. I really love her. I think she's my favorite kid. Um, but there was some like there was some really weird back and forth. And then you know, his mom made a speech. It was a few different speeches. Okay, it was sweet. And then they had their first dance after the buffet. They had their first dance. Now we find out that David had to take dance lessons because he didn't think he was a good dancer. But he said Christine is a great dancer, which we find out later she's also a lap dancer. Did you guys know that? Did you guys know that on TLC, on Sister Wives Wedding Part 2, we were going to see Christine brown lap give lap dances at her wedding? Did you ever think that when you watched season two of Sister Wives? Did ya? Did ya? I didn't. So they have their first dance. It works out. It's very sweet. Then she dances with her daughters. Also very sweet. None of the music was able to make it to TLC. They weren't able to pay for the music. So we didn't, we weren't able to see that much, but there was a flash mob situation. Now, when I think of a flash mob, I think, you know, all of a sudden one guy stands up and starts singing or dancing and then three people and then five people. And all of a sudden we're doing a whole thing. I love a flash mob. I love the days of YouTube flash mobs. Those were great. But in this moment, They're dancing, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, everyone around the person, everyone around the person is going like this, like this, right? Up, down, and then like this, and then like this, up, down, and then like this. Lots of hand movements. Does anyone want to know what that song was? I would like to know what the song was. I want to know exactly what song they were doing that to. I was thinking, is it like, um, I got a feeling that tonight's gonna be a good night. Or was it like, we are family. I got all my sisters and me. No, I, th- I don't think that was it. Maybe it was like, um, I want to make love right now, now, now. I got to make. Um, or maybe it was, it's getting hot in here. So take a fu-. Like, what song were they doing this flash mob to? Someone find out. Someone get boots on the ground at that wedding i would like to hear it all unfiltered without you know stupid TLC stock music playing over it like it was like la 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 Well, all of them were do- i need to know okay next thing you know all of a sudden a chair gets pulled out onto the dance floor okay a chair gets pulled onto the dance floor and a guy that i really don't even know who this guy is this was a moment that i think i blocked out that knows david woolley from back in the day And came over and did some sort of crazy-ass, like, get-on-a-chair lap dance situation for David. It was unreal. This was bachelor party gone wrong. This was not a family wedding environment. And out of nowhere, he calls Christine over. And Christine is thinking to herself, like, she basically sang out loud, A moment like this, some people wait a lifetime. For a moment to give my husband a lap dance at a wedding with all ages that will be aired on TV because Christine gives zero Fs. Christine is there. Guys, she wants to write it. That's it. That's what song they were dancing to. Ride it and I'll alone write it. She is A hornball. And we've figured this out because all of the years that Cody, and this was actually a beautiful moment when Janelle said, Janelle said, Cody did such damage to Christine. And anyone out there who's ever been told by a man or someone that you love that you are ugly or that you are not attractive or I'm not turned on by you can go F yourself. Because in this moment, Janelle said, Cody did such damage. To Christine, by giving her that complex for so many years, that this was her moment to finally say, like, not only did I find the love of my life, but he thinks I am a goddess, a unicorn, you know, a gorgeous human. We f like bunny rabbits, we lap dance, and we are so hot for each other. Their relationship, if you had to pull sex away from Christine and David, not sure they have much else they Love it. They are freaking loving each other. And you know what? For that reason, I scan. and I, as the young people, say ship. I ship Christine and David. Let them go off and live their life of just like. Listen, they say that the most, you know, sexually transmitted diseases happen in nursing homes. They've got years of this fun. Years of this fun ahead of them. I want Janelle to find the man of her dreams. I want Janelle to find some like rock hard cowboy that wants her. I think it will happen. Mary gets random cutaways in this this one hour special, which are shocking that they still remembered Mary exists. And Mary's like, I hope one day I'll find the love of my life. Mary, I've moved on. Mary doesn't have many redeeming qualities for me. I really struggle. Now, Robin and Cody are stuck. They are stuck in like the upside down They're still over in Coyote Pass, both getting more angry as the time goes. I mean, you know, have they ever, I wonder if they've done like a climate check for Coyote Pass, like almost done a a soil check to see if there's any sort of like chemicals or or heavy metals in there, because I think it's poisoning them. The more they're around Coyote Pass, the worse they are. Eyebrows are going bigger and darker and more angry. Hair is getting more curly, tenderly pets are definitely not growing in a positive way. So it's like, it's so crazy because you see, like, it's almost like a movie at the end of a movie when you see the happy ending and then they flash back to the angry people. Like I'm going to throw back True Beverly Hills here. Okay. True ba- Beverly Hills. At the end of True Beverly Hills, you see, um, you know, uh, Shelly Long and Craig T. Nelson, whatever his name is on that show. Um, in that movie, like living this happy life. They've now gotten back together. They're not getting a divorce. They're happy with their kids and they're doing all kinds of camping and like they're troop leaders. And then they cut to Phyllis Neffler or whatever her name was. Now I can't remember. I don't think that's her name. It was the mom of the bad troop, the Mar Vista troop. And she's standing at Walmart and she says, Walmart, blue light special, aisle 13, cookies. It's like that was the vibe. We have happy people riding off into the sunset. And then we remember that we have Cody and Robin stuck in the, like, sad coyote pass. Still trying to decide who gets lot number five. Cookies. I hope you have an amazing, amazing Monday. I'm glad I was able to make some of you guys laugh. Have a great day. I will see you guys tomorrow for our Tuesday episode of Daily Dose of Donna. Thank you so much for subscribing. Share this with your friends if they're Sister Wives fans. Post it in Facebook groups. Let people know I exist. Let's grow this show. Let's grow this show like Christine's tongue. Bye, you guys. See you tomorrow.